0: This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes.
1: Welcome to a preview edition of our podcast. I'm Lavora Barnes, and I have the honor of being the chair of the Michigan Democratic Party. Every week, we're going to update you on the latest developments driving politics and policy in Michigan. We're going to also bring you interviews with the men and women leading the way in both Lansing and in Washington, D.C. Each episode will begin with a summary of the news that's important to Michigan Democrats. And you'll be able to get more information about those issues on our Michigan Democratic Party website, which is www.michigandems.com. Click on the podcast button and you'll find it all there. I will also have a weekly report from the chair and we won't filibuster. We'll keep the podcast concise so you can listen during your morning or evening commute. So let's get started with the news summary.
2: I'm Dorian Taez. Here are some of the stories driving policy and politics this week.
1: My
0: proposal tonight will tackle the challenges people are facing right now, make a real difference in their lives and make Michigan more competitive. This is our future. But policies alone mean nothing. It's about the people they impact.
2: Governor Gretchen Whitmer's State of the State address on Wednesday focused on lowering costs for Michigan families, building a strong economy, and education.
0: Tonight, I'm excited to announce lowering my costs. It's a plan offering immediate relief. It's got three parts. One, let's roll back the retirement tax and save half a million households $1,000 a year. Second, Let's expand the working families tax credit, delivering at least $3,000 refunds to 700,000 families. And third, pre-K for all to save families an average of $10,000 a year.
2: Democrats in the legislature are moving quickly on the lowering Michigan cost agenda, giving initial passage to tax cuts that will save Michigan families $1 billion. The Senate's 23 to 15 vote to repeal a so-called pension tax and 27 to 11 vote to expand the earned income tax credit came less than 24 hours after Whitmer used her state of the state address to reiterate her call for targeted tax relief to combat inflation. The state house approved a separate pension tax repeal bill 67 to 41 and the earned income tax credit 100 to 8. All the bills stalled in the Republican-controlled legislature last year got bipartisan support from the new Democratic legislature. The governor is just back from a five-day investment mission to Norway and Switzerland, focused on attracting job-creating business investments, particularly in Michigan's next generation of automotive manufacturing and clean energy independence ecosystem. This marked the first economic development visit to Europe under the governor's administration. The legislature has responded quickly. Democratic majorities in the House and Senate approved a $1.1 billion spending plan that would send $200 million to help a Swedish company modernize an Upper Peninsula paper mill, along with $150 million for a separate business attraction fund. The strong action from Democrats in Lansing is marked contrast to Washington, D.C. Republicans whose agenda seems to be protecting tax cheats and endless made for Fox News political attacks. The first bill passed by the new Republican House will repeal funding to rebuild the IRS, effectively making it far easier for corporations and wealthy individuals to cheat on their taxes. Their second priority launching a series of angry partisan investigations into the president, his family, cabinet ministers, and even Dr. Fauci, plus attacking law enforcement with baseless claims of political weaponization of the Justice Department. A thinly masked attempt to discredit criminal investigations into Donald Trump and his cronies. The nation is taking note of the dominant role of women in the Michigan Democratic Party. A New York Times story notes that most of the top statewide leaders in Michigan are women. Among those leaders, Governor Whitmer, Secretary of State Benson, Attorney General Nessel, Senator Stabenow, five of our seven US House members, Senate Majority Leader Winnie Brinks, a majority of State House and State Senate Democrats, the chairs of both the Senate and House Appropriations Committees, and three Supreme Court Justices nominated by the Democratic Party. Attorney General Nessel is reopening a state investigation into the fake presidential elector scandal. Nessel had referred the phony Michigan electors to the US Department of Justice a year ago, but told reporters she is a little worried that the federal government has not yet filed any charges in this case. She told reporters, I thought that there was already a substantial amount of evidence in that case, but now there's just clear evidence to support charges against those 16 false electors, at least in our state. That evidence was part of the report of the U.S. House Select Committee on January 6th, final report. In a related development, three of Michigan's presidential electors who cast votes for Democrat Joe Biden in 2020 filed a lawsuit Wednesday against a group of 16 Republicans who submitted official documents falsely claiming Donald Trump had won the state. The three Democratic electors are seeking damages, amounting to at least $25,000 and a declaration from a judge that the fake elector scheme was illegal under Michigan law. The plaintiffs say they suffered humiliation, mental anguish, and stress as a result of being cast in the false light created by defendants, election fraud, and lies. That's our summary for this week. You can find links for more information on these stories on our website, partyonthepeninsula.com. From MDP headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tias.
3: Thank you so much, Dorian. And we are back with our very first interview on the podcast. And who better than the chair of our party, uh, Lavora Barnes? Uh, Lavora, First of all, you're in a different position right now. It's a democratic state, admittedly by small margins. It changes the balance and what can be done.
1: It really does. It changes everything. And I think Michiganders are going to be thrilled to see what a difference it makes to have Democrats in control of both the state house and the state Senate while we have a democratic governor. They're going to see legislation moving through this legislature that actually impacts their everyday lives in a positive way. And they're going to be pleased to see what happens when Democrats deliver.
3: And Democrats have already started to deliver. The governor gives her state of the state message on Wednesday, and on Thursday, things start to move.
1: Exactly, right? The governor talks about them, and then the Democrats start doing them. I'm so pleased to see the legislation that started moving. They went right out of the gate working on the earned income tax credit on taking care of the pension tax. Really, issues that we've been talking about for years as Democrats were able to finally get them done.
3: It's sort of a promises made, promises kept in record time.
1: That is exactly what it is. And it's it's what happens when you elect Democrats. They make they make promises and then they keep them.
3: There's always a lot of chatter in the media. They like to talk about Democrats in disarray. But it would seem right now that the the Democrats are pretty well united, both nationally and in the state. And it's the Republicans that are having a few challenges.
1: The Republicans are definitely having challenges, and it doesn't look like there's any end in sight to those challenges, both on the national level and here in Michigan, while we as Democrats are very focused on delivering for the people of this state and this country. It's a stark contrast. People are going to continue to see it as we move through um, this, this cycle and into the next election. It's just a different world on the Democratic side than it is on the Republicans.
3: We're just weeks past the midterm election, but you're already hard at work for 24. What are some of the things that are going on at the party right now to get ready for next year?
1: We are indeed. We're, we're. In, working on new tools to use in the elections process. You know, we've we've been innovators as a state party in terms of the use of tools and the availability of those tools to our county and local parties and to our volunteers. So we're currently looking at new and different tools to use. We're looking to staff up a little bit more. We want to grow the size of our Project 83 team so that we have more coverage across the state of organizers doing that grassroots work, talking to voters year-round, cycle to cycle, all the time. And we're going to beef up our communications team. We, we want to make sure that we have the capacity to support both the state, House and a state Senate majority. So we're going to make sure that we've got a good, strong communications team. And of course, this podcast is a new piece of what we're doing here to make sure that we're delivering messages to folks about what's happening in in Lansing and in Washington, D.C. and what Democrats are doing to deliver.
3: Of course, the big race next year in Michigan, besides the presidential, is going to be for the U.S. Senate. Debbie Stabenow stepping down after literally a half century in public service, Part of your problem, it seems to me, is that you've got a glut of talent potentially running.
1: It's what happens when you, when you start winning elections. You start building a nice, strong bench of folks who are going to want to step up to the next thing. And I want to take a moment to say how sad I am that Senator Stabenow is not going to run again. She has been a terrific partner for the state party. I love it when the senator is on the ballot because she is um, so committed to our coordinated campaign and the work that we do up and down the ballot to elect Michiganders. She has vowed to continue to help us do this work, and I know that she will, um, but we're going to miss her both as a, as a candidate And as a U.S. senator, she's been terrific for Michigan. But yes, we have a strong, strong bench of folks who have interest in or are being talked about running for this seat. We will have no problem fielding a strong candidate um, to keep this seat in the Democratic hands in the fall of 24.
3: Senator Stabenow is a perfect example of why it is so important to focus on local elections as well. She began her public service as an Ingham County commissioner and moved right up to state representative, state senator. A member of Congress, and then of course United States Senator. That's how you build leaders.
1: That's exactly right. That's how that's how it works. When you build a bench and you support that bench, and you you support the folks who run both at that commission level and then all the way up to the top. And she's she's walked that walk for other candidates behind her, and she continues to do it, and has set a strong example for other candidates to have run and for us here at the party for how to structure things to make sure we're building a strong bench to run in these seats.
3: LaVora Barnes, thank you so much for initiating the podcast, and thank you so much for what you're doing for Michigan Democrats and the state of Michigan.
1: My pleasure. Looking forward to doing more and more.
3: And that's our time for this week. Thank you for checking out Party on the Peninsulas. We'll be back every week. As we get started, we'll post the podcast on all the top online podcast sites, or you can continue to listen directly from the Michigan Democratic Party website.
0: Party on the Peninsulas as a production of the Michigan Democratic Party.